recovery. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians 6. We've been reading from this the past several weeks. And I just, uh, I, I want to tell you, church, I, I'm, this is what I felt during my 21 days of uh, prayer and fasting, you know, that the Lord was really speaking to me about spiritual maturity in the body. Uh, the reason a lot of us struggle so much is because we don't have that foundation. Because when you have a foundation, how many of you know the house is going to stand? And we know we're building on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone of our life. But I really feel like in general, not just our church, but across the body of believers that have received salvation, but the spiritual maturity is not there to endure and accomplish the purpose that you were called to. So this is the year. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be preaching on a lot of just special topics. I'm going to be preaching the Bible. And, and I preach the Bible all the time, but we're, we're going to actually do some study. So I, I call it treaching, part teaching, part preaching. And, and I, I want you to, if you don't have a Bible, guys, get a paper Bible. It, it, and when I say don't just get a Bible, but get a study Bible. Something that's going to help you where you're reading scripture and you're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. A study Bible will actually help bring it up to relevance to what we're dealing with today. So when I begin to read from a certain book, you know when it was written, who wrote it, you know, you know what was the purpose of the book, who was he talking to, amen? And a lot of us, we just, we don't, we don't know. And I'm not here to demean anybody. I'm here to challenge you. Because God wants your house a fortress, your marriage, a fortress. Amen. Somebody raising children in godly ways. Amen. We're fighting against the culture of the world. So I just had to say that before I began, because I want to challenge you. I want you to be better a year from now than you are right now. And if you say, well, I'm good, then I'm going to pray for you after church. You just come right on up here because we all need to grow. Amen. So stand for the reading of the word. You say, well, that's old fashioned. Well, that's honoring God, but that's what we're doing. We're going to read the word of God together. I think we pay more attention and this is the same scripture we read last Sunday, but it's okay. Sometimes you keep reading it until you get revelation of it, right? So he's, you, if you remember, we've read the first part of Ephesians. He talks about standing strong in the power of the Lord, you know, standing strong. In other words, there needs, in order to be strong in the Lord, there has to be a union. There has to be fellowship time with God. You're not going to have a strong relationship with God if you're not hanging out with him. Because he said, stand strong in the power of the Lord, putting on the armor of God. Remember, he, put, he goes through all the armor. Well, uh, the only way you can put the armor on is when you have a strong union with God and relationship with God. Then you understand what the armor is that's yours. Amen. And then he ends his prayer. He's, he ends the scripture with verse 18, and he says, with all prayer. Everybody say all prayer. Something about all kinds of prayer and petition. Pray, the Amplified says, with specific request at all times, on every occasion, 
in every season, not when I'm just going through tough times, in the Spirit and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition. That means interceding. We're going to get into that today. Interceding in prayer for all God's people. So if you're just praying for you, you're being pretty selfish. See, once you reach a certain place, you're not just praying your own prayers for you. You're actually interceding for everybody. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. I ask you, God, to help me to articulate and communicate your word today that it might go deep in good soil. Open up the hearts of the minds of the people that are here today to receive it, that they would get understanding and revelation so that they might apply it to their lives and grow. We ask you, God, these things in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say, you may be seated. So I began last week talking about how to talk to God, because I think there's a lot of confusion when it comes to, you know, when we talk about prayer, yeah, we're supposed to pray. And you say, I'm not talking about just little prayers. You know, you may pray like I'm not just praying over your food or just driving down the road. And, and I mean, there's times that you just give praise to God. I get all that, but I'm talking about where you are purposely intentionally talking to him and building a relationship. And so, uh, there are all kinds of prayers that he talks about here. And, and now I said last week, if you ever have seen a skilled craftsman, they always have the right tools to do the job. I mean, for me, I can do a lot of stuff with a pair of pliers. I can hammer a nail. It may not be pretty when I get done. Hey, I, I can try to get a screw out with a pair of pliers. I've done that too. And boy, that screw is tore up. It's the wrong tool for the job. And, and all I'm simply saying is, is sometimes uh, we use the wrong prayer. The same principle applies, but we, we use the wrong prayer for what we're trying to accomplish. It, it, it's communication. Now, I don't want to confuse anybody because, listen, prayer is simply talking to God, first of all. Okay. And if some people are just not talking at all, so start talking that that's a good start, but we need the right tools that the Bible has given us. And if you're having a difficulty getting answers to your prayers, it may be because you have a communication issue or problem or that you're not talking at all. I think one of the greatest problems between human beings is clear communication. Husbands and wives ought to get an amen. amen. Well, I thought you said, no, you said, no, I thought I heard. Well, I was just, I, I, I assumed. And there you had this big blow up and blow out and lost three days of life because of bad communication. You slept on the couch, she slept in the other room. We ain't talking. You don't get no supper tonight. I ain't filling your car up with gas. Do it yourself. <laughs> See, so y'all know what unclear communication is. So my, my, my thing is, is look, we need clear communication when we're talking to God. And there are various types of prayer in the Bible that are meant to help us communicate what we need. Because you may need direction. 
You may need healing. So we pray specifically. You, you may need a, a direction or a touch in your marriage, or maybe it's in your finances or your future, or maybe you're just going through a tough time and you're hurting and you need God, God's spirit. So we pray certain prayers or, or prayers of thanksgiving or worship. So I, I started last week and I gave you three because I knew I would never get through. I actually have six. So I gave you the first three and now I'm going to give you the other three today. But let's just review real quick. We started off last week. The first prayer that we talked about was the prayer of agreement. A prayer of agreement. The Bible tells us in Matthew 18, 19, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, what does that mean in the Greek? Anything. That means I can pretty much come to God about anything, right? And if you agree. Now, for the prayer of, of agreement to work, that means that most pe uh, both people involved have to agree. I can't be over here. You, Pastor, pray for my marriage. And, 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 you know, and so I'm like, okay, well, I want to know specifically what I need to pray about. Because this one over here is praying, God, get them out of my life. And the other one's saying, God, bring us back together. You know, so we, we got to come in agreement right? What we're believing for, believing for. The second prayer we covered was the prayer of faith. And this is the prayer, what's known as the petition prayer. It's the prayer that most people think about when we use the term prayer. So what is the prayer of faith? Well, we pray in faith when we know what God's will is. This Bible communicates what God's will is. People say, I don't know what God's will, will is. You're not reading. It's God's will that you be saved. It's God's will that you be healed. It's, hello? If he says this for me, it's God's will that I receive forgiveness. So I don't have to wonder about God's will on certain things. So when I'm praying in faith, like we prayed last week, we prayed for Pastor Debbie, we began to pray in faith. Lord, by your stripes, she is healed in the name of Jesus. I can declare that because you went on the cross and you took, took that, uh, the stripes on your back for my healing. Amen? So that's the prayer of faith. We know what God's will is. And then we covered number three, the prayer of consecration and dedication. What is that? It means that we are setting ourselves under the authority of the will of God, okay? Uh, Jesus prayed this prayer when he was in the garden right before his crucifixion. It says, he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but So it simply means that we are setting ourselves under the authority of God. You pray that uh, uh, when you don't have no idea what God wants you to do. Or he's put something, a challenge in front of you so great, you know you're going to need him. Like, God, that is huge, Lord. How am I going to accomplish? I'm going to need you. I know somewhat, Lord, you're giving me direction, but I'm, I'm going to need you along the way. And truthfully, you need him all the time. So, one, we pray because we know the will of God. Another one, we pray because we don't know what the will of God is. 
But we need him to show us direction. Lord, you see what's in front of me, but maybe you're putting that there on purpose to stretch me, to grow me, to move me, to do something inside of me, to change the situation. I can't see the outcome, but not my will. All right, y'all ready to move to the fourth one? I hope you brought something to write with because I really want to teach you today. And by the way, we have notes on our app. If you can, you can go to uh, CLC Church on the App Store. My notes are on there. We pass out notes, uh, even uh, or they're not passing them out. You can pick up notes in the front when you come in if you would like. But I just want to challenge you to grow. And I can't wait till, by the way, the, what we call the table on Wednesday nights to start back because we actually take the Sunday sermon. Wednesday nights, we come in here and break into our groups and study deeper. And so I want you to learn. Amen. All right. So the fourth type of prayer I want to talk about is the prayer of praise and worship. Now, this was not difficult, but in this prayer, you're not asking God to do anything or give you anything. You're not asking for direction. It's simply expressing praise to God. It's thanking him for his blessings. It's thanking him for his mercy and telling him, telling him how much you love him. I did it this morning. I walked out back of my house and just spent a little time with God. I said, Lord, thank you for another beautiful day. Thank you, God, Lord, that I have life and I can breathe. Thank you, God, that you're so good that I can come to you and find mercy and grace in my time of need. Thank you, God, that you're just good all the time, regardless of what the world and the culture says, regardless of what's going on around me and in our circumstances and in our world right now. You are still good, and I thank you for that. See, I just prayed a prayer right there of praise and worship. We see an, an example in Luke 2.20. This is when Jesus was born and the shepherds go there and, and find him in the manger and uh, uh, they return. It says, then the shepherds return. Look what they did. Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. You know, if we could just open up our spiritual eyes every once in a while instead of focusing on the negative, you could start to see the good and just praise God regardless. Matter of fact, you just, go you just start praising him until the circumstance changes. Hello? What about the blind man? I mean, here he was, he received sight, and, and, and the Bible says in Luke 18, 43, immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, they gave praise to God. See, it's contagious. When you hear a good report in somebody else's life, I mean, I love when somebody comes up and tells me a testimony. It just makes me, God, you're so good. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all remember that? <laughs> to Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise God. What about uh, 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 John eleven forty one? It says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, this is Jesus himself. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He gives praise under his father. Now, what's he talking about? He was talking about the previous prayer that he, would pray, that he had prayed for Lazarus to, to rise from the dead. Amen? 
And so that, that, I, I love that because he already prayed the prayer, but when he went back and talked about it again, remember we talked about last week, you don't have to keep telling God over and over the same thing over and over. He heard it the first time, but I can go back and say, Lord, I thank you that you heard me the first time. I thank you that I'm still standing on your word. I haven't seen it manifest yet here in the physical world, but in the spiritual realm, it's already done. And I thank you, God, that we're going to see it happen. Is this helping anybody? I can keep going. My Lord, uh, in the Lord's prayer, Jesus tells his disciples, uh, he says to them, when you pray, say, our father... In heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's that mean? Lord, you are holy. Lord, you you are are, uh, sacred. There is none like you. That's what it means that you're giving praise. The first thing that he tells the disciples is to give them praise and, and worship unto him before he even goes into anything else. Do you see how the prayer of praise and worship is tied into the other prayers? I praise and worship going in, and then I may go to the prayer of of faith, and then I come out uh, of the prayer of faith into praise and worship. Hello, somebody. You should always include praise and worship when you're praying. All right, number five, and I'm going to spend some time here. And you're going to have to, can I get my water over there, please? You're going to have to... uh, You may have to, I'm going to go a little deep, okay? A little deeper. So I want you to stay with me. Sometimes we need a little more meat. Amen? This is number five, is the prayer of intercession. Simply put, this means you are interceding or acting in prayer on behalf of of someone else. Now, you say, well, can they pray for themselves? Well, some people are incapable of even praying for themselves. Maybe they're not in their right mind. Maybe they're away from God. And some of us, you know, we have some kids that you got to intercede for. Maybe someone's sick, can't pray for themselves. I mean, somebody's, you know, going through a tough time. They're not physically capable, capable of praying for themselves, so we intercede for them. It may also include, like, praying in a general sense. In other words, Lord, I'm praying for our military. I'm interceding on their behalf. Those that are going to Ukraine, God, I pray your hand of protection around them today. I pray the peace of God, Lord, would rest on their minds and their souls, oh, Lord. Touch the families that have military members like my son. You know I'm praying. I got a son in the military. I'm praying for him every single day. God, protect him. Watch over him, Lord, even when they're training. So it's a general prayer. It may be praying, listen closely, for our government. I know most of you want to kick them right now, but we need to pray for them. Whether you like them or don't like them, I don't care what side or what, there should be no side. We need to pray that God's will be done. I don't like praying for that person. I mean, there's some people you don't like praying for it. You don't have to like them. 
God, I pray your will be done. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would put quality leadership in place. I pray, Lord, that you would put those that can lead us and guide us. Lord, that you would give wisdom. Those that would submit under your lordship. That's the kind of prayers I pray. Hello, somebody? Stop praying prayers. Lord, I wish they would just do that and twist that way and lean this way. No, Lord, I pray for capable leadership. I don't care right or left. I pray for godly leadership. That's what we need. It's going to get quiet in here now. My God. Let me keep moving. It's praying for your church. I intercede on behalf. I pray for, you know what? I can't call every person's name. I don't even know everybody's name. But Lord, you know who's going to walk through those doors. Lord, you know every member of this church and what they're going through. And I don't even know. But God, I intercede on behalf of them today, God. I stand in the gap and pray where they can't pray. Lord, I ask you, Father, to be Lord of their household. I ask you for a spiritual revival. And every father that steps into this building that he would lead his family. I pray for every mom, Lord, as they help raise their children. And Lord, I pray, pray God, that they would put the principles of God and the values in their I'm interceding right now if you don't know it. Paul in uh, Ephesians 1, we see him interceding. Uh, verse 15, if you want to go there real quick, he says, Therefore I also, after I, after I heard of your faith in, Lord, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, this is, I use this scripture right here as the vision for your life. If you ever come in and you go through our new membership growth track, I use this scripture right here because he gives actual vision for the journey. He says, I pray for the wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. I pray that you would know him. Because you can't do anything else until you develop that relationship with him. And I pray for you, God. I pray for this church. I pray for spiritual growth this year. Their roots go down and they begin to know you like they've never known you. God, that they would draw close to you. Father, that there would be a living, walking relationship every single day. That they can walk without fear and walk with confidence in their life. And Lord, be the spiritually mature people in their home to live and be like Christ in their lives. That their life might glorify. I pray that for you. Know him. My God, the scripture preaches so much to me. He says in verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, before you see, receive Christ, you don't see. All you, you, all you see is yourself. You, you have to have an enlightenment, enlightenment by the Holy Spirit. Comes in and opens your eyes and see where you're spiritually starving. Seeing that there's more to life, that there's purpose. Why? Knowing who you are in Christ and what he's done for you. 
Some of you, that's where you're still at. You're, you're trying to make this thing happen yourself. But he says, no, I'm praying that you would know what Christ did for you. He took you and made you right in your spirit. And so we get liberty. I'm, boy, I'm preaching our vision right there. I'm going to keep going. Whew. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. In other words, that you would discover your purpose. Amen. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He's praying this. Why? He wants you to make a difference while you're here. Amen. So Paul's praying. And then several scriptures I could go to, but I'm going to move on to some things because I got to hurry. I want to look at the role of the Holy Spirit in intercessory prayer. Now, y'all don't get spooked. Holy Spirit's not meant to be spooky. Amen. Oh, don't talk about that Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go that he may come. Let's look at Romans 8 because this is where we see intercession with the Holy Spirit involved. Okay. Paul says, likewise, the Spirit helps. So I shouldn't be scared of it. I should realize he's here to help me, help us in our weakness. What does it mean? Look, as great as you think you can pray sometimes, you, there are impurities still in you that there's times you're going to need the Holy Spirit to pray because you truly can't pray a pure prayer without the Holy Spirit. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what it is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to to the will of God. He's, I'm going to tell you, he can pray a lot better than I can. And he knows exactly what to pray. And God knows me better than I know myself. Amen. So Paul is presenting a different type of intercessory prayer here. And this verse gets into the whole issue of being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is why the devil resists this kind of prayer so much. Hello? And I'm going to take a little detour here, okay, to help explain. So y'all stay with me. If you don't understand, go back and watch it again, okay? But people, listen to me, people have this idea that God can do anything. In a sense, yes, he can. But in the truest legal sense, no, he may not. God has the power to do whatever he wants, but he structured a system to work by laws. Hello? Now, we understand natural laws. You got you, you to gotta eat food and drink water if you're going to live. Amen? Well, I don't believe that law. Well, just don't eat then. See what happens. <laughs> Hello? You got to procreate to survive. Hello? You got to sleep. 
That's a natural thing. I mean, so we have the laws of the universe. Well, I just don't believe in the laws of the universe. Well, get up on top of this building and jump off and see because the law of gravity is still working, my friend. I don't care how high you think you can jump or fly. It's the law of gravity, right? The solar system. Look, the sun's going to rise. As, as far as I can remember back, it keeps rising every morning. It's, it's, a, it's a law. It's a natural law or a, a law of the universe. But here's what I want you to understand. There are spiritual laws that involve spiritual authority. Okay? God, as the one who gave the law, he himself cannot break his own laws. Psalm 138 and 2, he says, for you have magnified, this is powerful, you have magnified your word above your, even your name. Wow. In other words, God's word, his laws are more important than even his name, he says. Because if he doesn't observe his own word, he is no different than we are. Not only that, God will not and cannot trespass on someone else's will. You are not a robot. You chose to come to church this morning. You choose to worship God. You choose to receive salvation. Amen? God didn't make us like that. No, he wanted to be chosen back. Amen? So, he, listen, he gave the earth to Adam. In the very beginning, Adam literally became the God of this world. I mean, he was the man. He was in charge. God said, I'm giving you dominion over the earth and over the waters and over the sea and over the animals. But when he fell in the fall of man, guess what he did? He handed that dominion over to Satan. In a legal sense, he gave Satan the title deed to the planet earth. He became the new owner. It's now his property. And God cannot legally trespass on this earth without permission. Some of you have never heard this. I own a house. It's mine. I have the title deed. I can invite anybody over or don't invite anybody over I don't want in my house. Amen. So this is the house. This earth is the house that was created. The earth was made for man and we have the right to be here or we had the right until Adam was deceived and he gave over the title deed. Now, Jesus Christ bought that back with his blood. Some of you going, where's he going? Where's he going? Just stay with me. He bought it back with his blood, but the purchase had a lease clause wherein the devil still maintained legal control until the last days. You don't believe me? Go read the, the book of Revelation. Hello? Because God's finally going to kick him out, evict him, and send him straight to hell. That's what's going to happen. But, I mean, I own rental property, okay? And there's been times through the years that I've had very undesirable tenants, I'm going to be honest. I've had tenants that, you know, that they promised to leave uh, and I really needed them to get out right now, but, but I could not get them out because they still had a contract and until there was an eviction, they had the right to stay there. The devil's still here on a clause, hello, until he's finally evicted. Anybody, I'm trying to help somebody understand here. 
Let me give you something else. Some people think that natural disasters, like the hurricanes that, we, that we've experienced here in Houston, the floods, the tsunamis we've seen in Asia, the, earth, the earthquakes. Some people say, well, those are acts of God. That's misunderstanding because truthfully, they're acts of the devil. He is the one legally in charge of the planet. He has the lease. It's his domain. Now, listen closely. I'm not saying that the devil is more powerful than God. That's what I'm not saying that at all. Because let me tell you something. When God got rid of him, he said it was like lightning. Poof, you out of here. I mean, there was nothing. It doesn't even compare to our powerful God. I mean, God could flush him right now to the pit of hell if he had to. But God's not going to violate his word. I'm going somewhere. He gave his word to Adam that he would have dominion over the earth. Adam gave it up. Therefore, God cannot violate the devil's civil rights. You want me to prove it to you in the word? John 14, 30. Jesus said, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Jesus called the devil the ruler of this world. The word ruler is translated prince. He's the prince of the earth. Some of you have heard that. Him and all his demons. That's why you have to realize what you're seeing is not all that's here. There is a spiritual realm. Matter of fact, you go back to Ephesians 6. He said you, you, there is a spiritual realm where the war is being fought. You're not really fighting against flesh and blood. When we go to prayer, you're not just praying some simple prayer. No, you're intervening into the spiritual realm where you're, boy, I'm going to get to that in a minute. So look in Luke 4, 4, 5, and 8. The devil makes an offer to Jesus. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, you will wor if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answers and says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Now, notice Jesus doesn't even call the devil a liar. He doesn't even tell him these aren't your kingdoms. I, I thought that was, this was funny when I thought about it. For once, the mangy, mangy old devil was not lying. See, and if you don't own something, you can't give it away. And he's trying to give it away. Also, he tempted, you know, Jesus. Jesus could not have been tempted to his offer if the devil did not have legal title. He didn't even say he bought it. See, it had been delivered to him. If he was lying, Jesus would have had to clarify this immediately for our benefit and challenge him, but he didn't because it was true. See, there's so much confusion about this, people. Now, this is where the role of the believer comes in. What are we going to do? I don't want, at this point, you're like, what's the use, pastor? What's the use if he's in control? I mean, if I can't do anything, I'm doomed. I never said that God couldn't do anything. 
but he's not going to go above your free will. Hello? He can do the things on this earth that his word promises and his law allows. Remember, he operates by his own law that he created. But you have free will to choose. This is where we come in. God's will, let me give you an example. God's will is that no one would die. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's the qualifying promise? Whomever believes. It's a choice. Before God can save you, according to his own word, his own rules, his own promises, you must believe. It's not going to make you believe. He, he said, you have to choose. In other words, it operates according to our, I, the way I created things. You have a choice to choose. Matter of fact, it's not love if it's not a choice. Pastor, are you telling me God cannot save whomever he wants? That's right. God cannot save you against your own will. Likewise, he will not and cannot force you to accept the Holy Spirit, or can I say it this way, even speak in tongues. Now, I don't know about that stuff. I see people forcing that stuff. No, God's not going to force that on you, folks. No, it's something where you receive as a gift, he says, and you make a choice to receive. Amen. God's not going to send you on a mission trip that you don't want to go on. I mean, I had this fear as a kid. God, he's going to send me somewhere in the deep earth. I don't even want to go. I'm going to hate it. Here's what God can do. He can encourage you, inspire you. He can set up circumstances in your life to guide you, but he will not force you to act against your own will. God gave you free will, and he could not take it back without violating his word. So your love and your obedience towards God must be freely given to him. Amen? So God set up the system, and it still works if we work it. See, when Jesus paid the price on the cross, and he died for you, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he rose again. That means he gave you the opportunity to now operate with complete victory and dominion. Dominion was given back to the believer. Amen. Hello, somebody? Amen. That's why you're so important in this whole deal. When you're praying and you're, you're coming into agreement with this word, now you're coming in agreement with God because you know what? Now you have dominion over the enemy in your life. Even though the devil's still operating in the earth, he has no power when you begin to speak and declare what's happened in your life. You took that back. <laughs> Let me give you another example in Matthew 9, 38. It says, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. It is God's harvest, correct? But who's responsible for bringing it in? You are, right? We are the only ones who have the legal right to act on Satan's ground. And I can invite whomever I want. So who do you think I'm going to invite? God. <laughs> that, I, in my case, that would be God. I'm not going to invite you. I'm inviting God. Hello, somebody? Because you have the legal right to choose whomever you want. 
Once we invite them in, then the devil cannot do anything. Remember, free will, it works both ways. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to go back and go, i got to listen to that again. I'm going somewhere. So this is where intercession comes in. We need to be praying for one another. And if you know a specific need, you can intercede specifically over that issue. But there are many times that you're not going to know the circumstances. You're not going to know what's going on behind the scenes or what the issue is. And that's why the highest and the truest form of intercessory prayer is mentioned in Romans 8.26. See, I finally got back here. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we don't know what we should be praying for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't not be uttered. I'm telling you, sometimes that means weeping. Sometimes that means travailing. You said, man, I don't understand all that. That's what that means because when there's groaning and weeping and travailing, sometimes it's impressions. Sometimes it's in verses of Scripture that come to mind. Sometimes it's speaking and praying in a heavenly language because you don't even know what you're praying for and the devil don't know. Remember that? And that's why you're in deep intercession before God. And it is a perfect prayer because he's praying what needs to be done without your impurities getting in the way. (sighs) The Holy Spirit's trying to use you to be a conduit to bless someone else. So the verse says you don't even know what you're praying for, correct? Did you read the same verse? You don't know what you're praying for. And this is where the rubber meets the road because sometimes we end up with a lot of resistance. In the natural, you do not know what you're praying for others unless the Holy Spirit has given you a word of knowledge. I'm talking about when you're speaking in a heavenly language, you, you go into prayer intercession, speaking in tongues. You know, you may not know what it is, but we don't know what we're praying. And this is the purpose of praying in tongues, okay? So, so that we don't get in the way. Now, can I teach just for a minute? So there's a lot of confusion when it comes to tongues in the Bible. I'll just go ahead and say it. Tongues are in the Bible. They're there. And I'm going to explain a little bit about them. First of all, we see the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19. And we see that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidenced by the speaking of tongues. Okay, it's there. It was evident. Some of them, even on on the day of Pentecost, they were speaking in another language. They were speaking a language that related to them. I've heard uh, in my lifetime, I've seen where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody understood what they were saying because they were from another country. Don't tell me God doesn't work that way. So that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's not confuse that, though, with the gift of tongues. There is a gift of tongues. Paul goes into addressing it in, in Corinthians, okay, because it was, things were getting out of hand. It all became about tongues instead of about the relationship with God. And some churches have done that and religions have done that in our time, man. It's all about that. No, he said it's better to prophesy than it is to speak in tongues. Hello, somebody? It, 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 I would rather you have love for one another than you speak in tongues. So let's not make it. See, some people have made it the whole deal. So there's the gift of tongues. But when the gift of tongues is used, especially in a, in a, a service like this or in a room, there needs to be interpretation. Hello? 
And I'm trying to be sensitive to that sometimes because if the Lord wants to speak a word over the body that we need to hear, you're going to know it. And there's going to be interpretation, okay? So we have baptism uh, in the Holy Spirit where we see tongues. We have the gift of tongues. And then we have prayer edification in tongues. It is for the benefit of you because sometimes your spirit, you don't even know what your spirit needs, but the Holy Spirit knows what you need. So you come and you begin to pray in the spirit. Sometimes it's not speaking in tongues. Sometimes it's just like, oh, oh, God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just, in, just embraces you and those groans are taking like, they're, they're like perfume going before the throne room before God because it's, it's doing what it needs to be doing because it's pureness before God, aligning your spirit when you don't even know what you need. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, gift of tongues, prayer edification. That's one time, sometimes you'll hear, I mean, we don't want, the last thing we want to do is cause confusion. Amen. I thought I would address this since we're already here. Is this okay? There's some deeper teaching I can do on that, but I just wanted to address those three, three things. Cause sometimes I'm praying and I'll start speaking in a heavenly language, but it's not to give interpretation. It's simply because there's something that need, I'm interceding either for myself or someone else. Oh, glory to God. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, open up our eyes to revelation and understanding because this is when you begin to operate by the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. And you're going to need the anointing. See, we are operating so much in the flesh right now in this world. We need God to intervene so that he can make us holy, so we can be sanctified, so that we can be mature. So when you start dealing with your situation at work or dealing in a marriage situation, you handle it totally different than just your, your own flesh when you come out and fight against it. No, you do it in love. You do it in wisdom. You get the right people around you. God leads you to the right situation every single day. You will live your life differently and effectively oh God raise up a standard in this place I pray in the name of Jesus I get so sick and tired sometimes of just like I went to just you know Lord I'm not trying to be a judge but God grow them up turn off social media first turn yours off no, you quit getting on social media and every little thing, God, okay, I need to get back to the word. I'm going to get off. God, grow up in the Lord. Thinking those things that are pure and holy and just and good, of good report. Think, I mean, if that's all, I mean, if, if it's not of good report, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, you may have an opinion, but pray first. God, where was I? <laughs> See, in the normal prayer, when we're praying in English, your thoughts and your ideas can intervene and mess stuff up. I mean, you ever started, started praying for somebody, and all of a sudden you had an unkind thought? <laughs> You remembered the way they treated you one time. You just stopped praying like, oh. (laughs) 
When you're praying in English, sometimes, you know, it, it, you get distracted because you're trying to organize the prayer in your mind. And then while you're trying to organize it, the dog comes up and I need to go outside. Phone rings because you left the phone on. The kid walks in. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit will give your own spirit the information to pray about. You will begin praying pure and unadulterated prayer in the spirit or in tongues. We don't know what we're praying about. You say, well, why does God use the tongue? That's so weird. Well, if you read the book of James, it talks about that tongue. One day, I remember... This is gross, but I remember when I was a youth pastor, we did gross stuff, just a wow factor. I brought in a cow's tongue one time. You know that guy. See, it's hard to get young people's attention. But, buddy, I said that plop, nasty thing. But that's what it is. The Bible calls it full of poison. Speak life or death. Build up or tear down. Right. The most powerful thing in your body. And what does God take control of? The most poisonous part of your body. Because it's the Bible, James says it's like a rudder on a ship. It's like a bridle on a horse. That's why... They're speaking in tongues because he takes what, because it controls the whole body. Wherever the tongue goes, whatever it does, that's where you go. Well, anybody learn anything? If God created your tongue, hey, if he wanted to take your arm instead of speaking in tongues and, and, and take your arm and go. I don't know. I didn't choose it. He did. Because he knew something. If I can take control of something that's uncontrollable, they'll know that I am living in them. They'll know they're being baptized in the Spirit. They'll know they're praying in a heavenly language that's so powerful, that's so intricate. It intervenes into a spiritual realm of intercession. I'm telling you, where the angels are released and demons are bound. My God. See, a lot of churches won't teach us no more. But I'm sorry. We need God right now. We need God more than we ever. We done tried it on our own. It ain't working. All right. The devil don't like me talking about this. You hear me? He don't want you speaking in a heavenly language. He'll fill your mind like, why are you crying? Why are you shedding tears? Are you sad? I mean, he'll lie to you. No, but when, 
when you are truly operating in the spirit and there's intercession going on, there's inner groanings. I'm telling you, it's not a sad prayer. It's, it's a before a heavenly throne room and you can just feel waves of the glory of God going in and out. And there's a washing and there's a cleansing that begins to happen. And so you can't put it down if you've never experienced it. But once you have tasted and seen what happens, you get up a different person. I mean, I'm, I'm, I remember... My, as a young man, when the first time it happened, I got up, I felt like I was lighter. Like, like, wow, I felt like an overcoming. There was love coming out of me. Like, I just want to love everybody. I didn't have no enemies no more. I, I, that's what happened because the glory of God will transform you. And if you think it's good now, wait till we get to heaven and the glory of God is all over you all the time. Every day, you will be Christ-like all day long. But in the meantime, I've got to glorify God, and I need a helper. I need a helper that will teach all truth, that will bring revelation and enlighten my eyes. Come on, somebody. That's why I need the Spirit of God in my life. Somebody give glory to God right now. Come on. Come on, make some noise in this place. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Father, I pray they experience it in their life. If you've never experienced it, look, you have to make a choice. Lord, I receive it. You, God will not go against your free will right now. You have to choose to receive everything that he has for you. My God, my God, my God. Remain standing and I will, I'll give you the last one real quick. We need some glory in this place. Some of us are, you know, we, we come to church and we're so tuned into like, well, we got to get out of, you know, pastor's got to be done by 1130. We, we got to go eat, you know. We need to move with God. The last one. Oh, God. <laughs> The last one, I actually preached a whole message about it three weeks ago, so I'm just going to briefly mention it. The prayer of binding and loosing. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. A couple things you need to notice here. We have authority here on the earth. I told you the devil took dominion and authority, but... Jesus bought it back for us. But he's waiting for you to invite him in. Don't invite nobody else in. Invite him in. Amen. It is our covenant right. And I'm going to say this again. I said it a few weeks ago. You are one-third body, one-third soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you are one-third spirit. But we're just acting like we're one-third body and one-third soul. You forget that you are a spirit. God spoke you into existence before you ever were formed. He formed you in your mother's womb. In the beginning, 
He took man and he made him out of dirt. He just caked dirt on that spirit. See, we're so earthly minded. If you could see what's happening in the spiritual realm right now. God spoke this earth into existence. The spirit realm is more real than me looking at you right now. It's hard for us to see that. It's time we start acting like that part of us that is like God. And the only thing godly in you is that spirit. When you were born again, when you gave your life to Jesus, guess what got renewed? You didn't get a new body. I wish. I just go look young all the time. You didn't get a new mind. You still thought the same thoughts you thought yesterday. But he renewed, you were born again in your spirit. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so now I have to make a choice to choose to renew my mind. God can't make me. Is this helping anybody? Yes. You have to renew your thoughts, your desires, your value system. You renew it to what? What he said is yours. You were made righteous. You may not be acting righteous right now, but in your spirit, he made you righteous. You were grafted in. Jesus took your place. So it's time that you go start standing before the Father in prayer and communicate and a communication, so you know what you're communicating. You're communicating for a cause. I mean, if I want to talk to my wife about cooking dinner, I'm not going to her talking about washing clothes. Prayer's not hard. It just needs to be consistent and effective. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you're ready, Take a step. Just take a step. God, whatever it is you have for me. I don't know what it is for you in this building. Everybody has different needs. Whatever it is, if you're ready to receive. God, direct me. Would you just raise your hand right now? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Lord, I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray the prayer of dedication and consecration. Lord, I don't know the needs that are going on, but I pray not their will, but your will be done. Whatever it is that's in front of them, what's next for them, I pray it be done in the name of Jesus. I come against fear and doubt. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord, that the, their eyes be open to understanding. understanding Holy Spirit reveal 
Reveal, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, reveal, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for the steps that are being taken right now. You know what that is. Just say, Lord, not my will, yours. Or, Lord, if it's your will for me to spiritually grow, God, it's your will. If it's your will to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God, I, I ask you for it. You said if a child would ask his own father, how more would you freely give the gift of the Holy Spirit? Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Hallelujah. We're not going to leave here the same today. We're going to keep stepping, keep stepping and growing that relationship with my heavenly father. I'm not going to ignore him anymore. Hallelujah. May the glory of the Lord fill this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I've seen real life resurrection. I've seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. I've seen families reunited. I've seen some of our prayer partners if they would come up here look I'm not going to hold you here if you got to go I understand but if you want to pray a little while or you need prayer I want you to just come forward spend some time matter of fact we took altars these that's what this is in the front from our old building four weeks ago when we brought them over here because they represent that altar between you and God If you want to just come to the altar, just pray for a few minutes. You're welcome to do that. As the team continues to worship, I know if you got to go, I understand. If you're a guest, we invite you to our VIP. I would love to meet you right out these double doors. Go get your kids. If you have kids, just to say hello and, and introduce myself. But if you want prayer, take time today. There's no hurry. You're not forced to leave. Let's continue to worship. God bless you all. I love you. Thank you for your continued prayers for Debbie. And uh, I'll see you back next Sunday. Amen. Sing, keep singing. I see miracles my mind can comprehend.